whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. This episode is brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, online platform where you can get access to all my teaching materials at once. Hundreds of technique drills, multiple choreographies, themed intensives, full-length courses, everything you can think about. Whether 20 minutes or few hours for practice, you will find a program that will fit not only your schedule, but your mood as well. First seven days are free, so check it out at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes. Hello, dear dancers. Hello, dear listeners. This is a new episode of Ballet Dance Life podcast, and this is our mini-series Student Voices, reminding that all of us, regardless of our dance level or years in ballet dance, we always remain being students. And today I have a pleasure talking to Lilia, who is a professional ballet dancer and still continues her training journey too. We actually talked about this craving or aiming of perfectionism and how sometimes trying to get perfect actually may block us in certain ways. And just accepting the reality that this is life. Yes, this is dance life, but it's still life. And everything is both perfect and imperfect at the same time. What is in our imagination should look like perfect, it never is in the reality. There's always space for improvement, both technique, musicality, emotions, knowledge, whatever you name in dance. It's very rarely what we see and get meets what we expect or demand from ourselves, especially when we want to be perfect. And at the same time, although it is always imperfect, it is perfect. Perfect because this is part of our journey, part of our dance evolution and dance growth. That's why I called it, it's both perfect and imperfect at the same time. And this is definitely something that should not stop us of trying, of uh, dancing and giving ourselves chance just to experience the joy of dancing and training. And the trickiest part of all is that most often we don't even know what is perfect. (laughs) So on this note of talking about perfectionism in all of us to a certain extent, on this note, I invite you to join our conversation with Lilia. Hello, dear Lilia. I'm really happy to chat with you today and thank you for finding time to talk a little bit about dance today. Hi, thank you for this opportunity. So before we start actually talking about dance, I would um, would like to ask you to share a little bit more about you, like in general, like where are you from? What's your like main activity? Is it related to dance or maybe it's something completely different? Like what's your, like, let's say regular life? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Lilia, I'm from Bulgaria. And right now dance is like, almost all I do 
But before that, I studied journalism. And I was thinking about writing stuff, maybe going into like investigative journalism, but that is all behind me now. Everything mm-hmm. is dance. <laughs> and everything I do is uh, revolved around dance, either performing, teaching, or I also write some articles. That's the only connection to journalism I have right now. But yeah, everything is about dance. And how did you uh, got involved in ballet dance? Well, it was a very long time ago. My aunt gave me a belly dance DVD because she knew I really liked dancing, any style. I didn't dance belly dance. And the first time I played it, I was in love. It was of uh, two twins, Vina and Nina. I think they're like notorious in the community. And I like obsessively trained with them for several months. And after that, I decided I have to, I have to find classes in this thing. Mm-hmm. And years passed I just trained I was like this is nice but it it cannot be like a profession I'm sure I cannot make money with it and at one point I had to decide am I gonna go into journalism seriously or am I gonna do something else and my brain was just all of the time telling me try to dance try dancing try dancing and I was okay if I'm gonna try it it's gonna be now or never and I just went to do it I went into performing with my current teacher, Brianna. She has a dance company. And I was like, okay, I want to try with you. And she was very happy to have me. And yeah, that's how I got into it. I just mm-hmm. decided that I'm going to try it. That's so cool. Like uh, basically starting dancing, you know, like having that decision, either this profession and this profession and having this call, like, oh, dance or something, um safe to try right now which is uh when we are young i think or in the beginning of our journeys in terms of trying to figure out careers that's the best time to sort of let's let's say do mistakes or experiments because uh, there's always time to sort of come back and uh, do there's always time in this life to switch direction and do something else you also mentioned at the same time that you're writing ballad dance articles uh, yes. And that's connection to journalists. Can you tell a little bit more? Like, what's your main, like, say, focus or interest of your research or um, article topics? Well, for now, I'm trying to write like basic articles to inform. This is mainly for our students, basically, because in Bulgarian there is not like at all any information about belly dance. At least, it's not like reliable information but I'm really interested in more of the history of the dance styles especially I really like Fiji styles and I really like mm. digging into that type of stuff but even in English the information is very scarce so it's a difficult process for now they're more like basic introduction to oriental dance differences between some styles and I'm maybe thinking of translating some interviews or stuff like that just for Bulgarian audience to have more information Hmm. and do you put it somewhere online is it accessible for people via like some I don't know website or social media yes right now we're working on Rihanna's website rihannabellydancer.com I think it is where I post most of the articles and I'm going to post more in the future and I am working to 
launch my own website, which I've never done before. And it's a very scary thing to do. Uh, I, I know for people like you that have like websites built before, like it's something like, ah, it, it's just work stuff. But for me, it's like, oh, this is so important. Everything has to be perfect. How do I put this? Where do I put that? So I'm thinking about these things right now and it's a whole other process. Well, I will tell you a little secret about websites. You constantly keep reviewing and changing them. So don't think it's perfect right away because it's never perfect. It's like dance. We always craft and improve and with websites are the same. So it's just a matter of putting out something at first and then seeing what works, what doesn't and constantly alternating, changing. And uh, there's no such thing, I think, as perfect, neither in dance nor in websites. <laughs> that is comforting. At the same time, though, it's like even more frustrating because the perfectionist in me is like, no, I want it to be perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a very interesting question right now on my mind. Uh, when you decided to go and try dance profession you decided like to treat ballet dance seriously you probably realize that okay it's not just working and performing it's also sort of practicing and training and i guess your perfectionism inside you also were telling you a lot of different things so how did you approach in terms of your training that okay now it's not just a hobby not just for fun but it's actually like my current future and future profession. Oh, I'm, I'm battling perfectionism constantly because uh, I all of the time I'm trying to practice the best I can because I'm like a professional, like I have to treat it professionally now. But sometimes when you want it to be perfect, you, you don't do anything because you're scared that it's not going to be perfect. And I had like several solos and dances and competitions that I just missed because I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not going to do it. I want it to be perfect. So it's a constant battle. I'm trying to practice, uh, how do I say, mindfully and more like smart, not so much hard and perfect, but it's constant battle with the mind that is telling me this is not enough. You have to be professional mm. and professional means perfect, which is not, that's not true, but <laughs> how do you define perfect in dance? There is no definition, like depends on the person that is looking at the dance, that that's the main difference. Like everybody likes different dancers and different types of dance. So I may find someone like perfect, but the other person is going to not, not going to find it perfect. But how about you, like you for yourself, like when you say like, oh, I want to be perfect in dance, what does it mean for you? I don't even know. I just want it to be perfect. That's the irony of it. I just like look at it and this is not good enough. I try again, try again, try again. No, not, not good enough. And I think about what do I want it to look like and I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing like specific. I'm, it's just like the constant battle with the definition perfect i don't even have anything like concrete in mind like of course i want to have like flawless technique and be ready to improvise on the spot so know every rhythm and stuff like that but it's not possible mm. well i know because i for many years also was struggling with this perfectionism in everything to do and i could say definitely one thing that trying to define what do you consider perfect 
it really is uh, eye-opening and it really helps to push through and actually get one step closer to perfect. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's something definitely like, uh, I guess for everyone who is struggling like this is I'm sharing from my own experience because now for me, uh, I go opposite direction. I from very bad perfectionist, I came to more... Uh, um, how to say uh, opposite of perfectionism for me it's like done is better than perfect if it's good enough it's good enough to be out in the world and uh, that's kind of like opposite way quite quite um, literally not not literally but uh, pretty much and it just helps to move forward because the perfection is it's like one step at a time so i'm curious now about your training so how does your training looks like like let's i know they're up and down and different stages in life but let's say you're good you're proud of yourself you're like feeling like you're doing everything perfect so how does how do you structure especially these days uh, how does your training look? What kind of components are there? Like, I don't know, classes, workshops on your own? How do you structure? How, how you put it together? Well, for me, these times are really beneficial because I love training with videos and online. That's why I love the club as well, because I can just come home at 3 a.m. after a performance. And even if I want, I can train. And I really like the 20-minute format. I do one almost every day if I can have the time and I usually pick a topic for myself if it's not the intensive or anything else I pick a topic which I want to work on more continuously and I do a stretching session as well because dancers really need to stretch like conditioning but I choose my topic Uh, for instance I really around the Nishimi Intensive, I was really into shimmies, so I wanted to work on that. And I found that focusing on one thing, for instance, arms, shimmies, steps, it's a lot better than just meshing it all together and training everything at once, focusing on one thing. And I saw a lot of progress with the shimmies when I actually paid more attention to only them and not other things. And that's what I tried to work on. like every day, almost every day. By weekly basis, I try to do a longer uh, exercise or training session, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I have some online workshops, again, saved from even like past festivals because I cannot train with them at the current time. And I try to do at least one a week or for two weeks, depends on my schedule, to have like a bit of a heavier training. Mm-hmm. once a week and uh, I teach at the same time several classes weekly which kind of is my cardio for the week basically that's how I get the blood flowing and I started doing some fitness training as well because mm-hmm. I recently found out which is bad for me <laughs> to, that I found it out so late uh, that I have to like actually train the muscles to be stronger to make good movements not only technique but when I found out and I started training in the fitness everything became even better which is really I think it's a good advice to dancers just stretch fitness and technique mm-hmm. 
basically yeah. all you need. <laughs> yeah, so true. And it's so funny, like, right? Because when we start dancing, we often choose dance as a fitness activity, like, or yeah. for different yeah. reasons, to stretch our deeper muscles or to get a cardio, like, not only psychological, like, or uh, get connected to femininity, but it's it's also part of physical activity on our choice. And when we come to dance class, we think, like, oh, this will keep us healthy, and it will keep... But when you switch to a professional dancing that you are performing or dancing every day on a regular basis, even if it's just training, like I'm not saying professional necessarily in terms of getting money, like uh, earning money from it as professional, but more like a serious training that you every day go to classes, you start noticing that because you're demanding more from your muscles, you actually need to prepare muscles to dance. <laughs> it's yes, very absolutely. interesting. Uh -huh. In the beginning, I, I, when I started dancing, I was like telling people, yes, I prefer dancing to fitness. Fitness is too like boring for me. And now I'm like, oh, fitness is saving my life. <laughs> it's like preparing my muscles for everything I want them to do. Mm, I see. Uh, you're practicing a lot at on your own and I assume like at home, right? Or do you have access yeah. to the studio? I have oh. access to some studios and when I have the time I go to physically like the classes live but most of the time the live classes they're at the same time as my classes that I teach so that's not really a possibility for me mm -hmm. and I honestly prefer training alone and then checking up with like a life teacher or my coach Brianna to check up on my like progress and tell me this is working this is not. Because I found that if I am alone, I am more honest with myself. And if I'm not doing the thing correctly, like the shimmies or I'm slacking, I'm going to be more like in a brokeline to make myself do it better. <laughs> and when I'm in a class and there are other people, I'm like, oh, she's not looking at me. I can like <laughs> be in the back, pretend. <laughs> Interesting, because for many people, it's actually opposite. It's more challenging to practice on your own and to push, like, okay, I will work hard. Because when we are in the class, like, we have external force of a teacher that, uh, for, like, directs, keeps up the tempo, intensity, does corrections, and all the... Uh, like a person like one of many students in the class but still there is a risk that the teacher will glance <laughs> <laughs> so i would better like um uh work hard all the time uh and at home it's opposite so for you it's it's different like you find it like more challenging and self-demanding when you're practicing at home do you ever struggle with motivation and like the self-discipline to like keep up and work in really 100 percent every time yeah of course i struggle because like humans we're, we're kind of lazy most of the time but like i'm very i just push myself to do like just do one 20 minute workout and that's it and I push myself to do it and like in the middle of it I'm enjoying it so much that sometimes I just play another one because I'm in the mood I can continue like dancing or I just improvise after that but you just have to the initial push beyond the laziness you have to do it and then it's easy for me at least and I don't know when I'm alone I just I can pressure myself easier to yes we can work on what you want right now but we have to work on something 
and in the class it's up to the teacher what we can do if it's a group class if it's individual mm -hmm. you can choose but in the group class the teacher most of the time chooses so I have the excuse of oh, I don't want to train that right now I'm in the mood for shimmies for instance and we're doing arabesque and I'm like oh, I can slack in this I want to do shimmies but at home I can do whatever I want so I have to do it good <laughs> that's mm. my at least train of thought mm, interesting and uh, how does your space, dance space at home, looks like? Did you put any special corner or is it just a, like a regular room that you push the furniture to the sides and separate some space uh, for you to dance? Right now I'm in a really small room. I'm looking forward to renting a new place. But in this small room I just push everything aside and try to make as much space as I can and dance there. But... Uh, Almost all of my life I've danced in like a small room space. So for me, I'm used to it. When I'm in a big dance hall, I'm more confused what to do with the space. And that's something that shows in my dance as well, because I'm really comfortable sitting in one place and just improvising. But when it comes to like the more foof comes and I have to do big circles and my body's like, we haven't done that. We're in a small room usually, what big circles, and it's really, that's one of the main uh, things I have to work on. Mm. Yeah, that's so true that our space where we practice, it influences a lot on how we perform and how we even get used to dance and the movements that you tend to to uh like choose to practice and to put in choreographies and like, directions or like spacing the volume of space that you take uh, for choreographies is very different and this is the uh traps that can happen both dancing in a small space at home or always practicing in some big studios and then suddenly coming to a performance space which is like ah that's actually smaller or even sometimes practicing in a big studio and then just simply trying to record a video with stationary camera and then realizing oh i'm kind of getting out of camera half of the time <laughs> speaking of your training also of course i'm very curious about your experience at the yana dance club and i'm very curious to ask what was the initial reason why did you decide to join I think it was the 20-minute format <laughs> when I saw that you were going to launch a club. And I think one of the first things I saw about it, it was that it's going to be like smaller videos and not a full one-hour class. Or it's going to be based around those because you have choreographies, but to be absolutely frank, I do the 20-minute videos most of the time. I think I've done one choreography and it was the Iraqi one because I really love Iraqi. But 20 minutes, oh my god, it's it's so nice. I can just I can fit it in any schedule. Like I said, I can come 2 a.m. after a performance and I can just put on a 20-minute workout or a training session. And it's I have the feeling of actually do I've done something and I've worked on my technique a bit. And that's that's absolutely what won me over. And when I signed up, I then I got a feeling of how you structure the videos and how you theme them, which, again, I really like that you have just most of the time one theme, like arms. For instance, we do this 20 minutes, mainly arms, and that's like that was perfect for me. Mm. And it, uh, I don't know, I really like how they're categorized and I can find anything. 
it's very useful. <laughs> mm. Do you have any favorite technique drills that you can't keep coming back to? Mostly about the shimmies, because shimmies for the longest time were the hardest thing for me to let go and them to be loose. I think I have still lots, lots to learn, but yeah, for sure. Nishimi, for sure. Mm. <laughs> All the drills about that and some of the drills about rhythms as well. Mm. I do them regularly because I learn a rhythm and then two, three weeks later I forget the rhythm and then I come back and I'm, okay, okay, I, I remember now. <laughs> ah, interesting, I see. Yeah, for me, it specifically like lose Nishimi was one of the trickiest and it's funny like I feel like really got it only a few years ago like I'm dancing like so such a long time ago but there was no problems with vibration or like activating like muscles and legs like those kind of like shimmies like different dance schools will call them differently but it's basically with muscle activation but the loose one that with a big volume and then you need to relax and at the same time work hard. So it's like, how is it possible to do both at the yes. same time? Absolutely. Uh, the easiest, easiest shimmy for me was like, because I dance tribal fusion as well, the, like the tribal fusion shimmy that is very like muscular and very uh -huh. small. And when I got to the knee shimmy, I tried to using like, I engage all of my muscles and it becomes more like vibration shimmy, not like knee shimmy. And only like a few months around the intensive time and then Nishimi kind of got loose I still have so much to work on it but I for the first time got the feeling of oh, it's loose it's like shaking and my brain was like oh my god is this what it's supposed to feel like <laughs> mm. and how long did it take you for like of dedicated practice to specifically like losing Nishimi I think around month month and a half to feel like this actually lose feeling around the first two weeks i started feeling that my knees are becoming looser and i have more like in the beginning the left knee was going very fast and the right was absolutely stopping so by week two like they were kind of even but around the month time it was beginning to be loose and right now like it's like several months later i can do it like and relax, kind of relax into it, mm -hmm. which is like, for me, whoa, I never knew I would be at this stage to relax doing knee shaming. Wow, but one month, it's a very short period of time, like, to fix it, and uh, I'm really happy to hear it, like, very cool, like, congratulations. <laughs> I, I worked really hard, because when it's the intensive started, I was like, okay, this is the time, I have to just do it now. Before that, I was just being like, oh, now I'm going to do it later. I'm just going to train a bit. But when the intensity started, I really decided that this is the time to do it. Mm, ah, so cool. For me, it's actually was like the intensity was inspired by the fact that I noticed like real progress in my own shimmies. I was like, okay, I got it. Like the tricks that worked for me, let it put it together. So that's how the drills, like main drills of the intensive and the additional exercises for intensive came out. So I'm really happy that it actually like worked not, not only on me. <laughs> so that's really yes, cool. Yes, it, it for sure worked. And one of the exercises that was like to uh, put ourselves on tiptoes and try to keep the head at the same level to uh -huh. make like uh, more space in the spine in the beginning when when you were explaining it i was like looking at this and be like this doesn't make any sense how is this gonna work and then i tried it several times and i just felt how my 
weight is lifted and my knees don't have to like hold on with my body weight and they can just be like more loose and I was like oh my god it's actually working it's actually working <laughs> I'm always curious whenever I start putting out like those little imageries or associations or metaphors okay let's just imagine that we are like whatever box or snow or river or holding our head in space somewhere like I was like it sounds really weird but I think I hope it will click and work <laughs> I think by this time you already got used to all these uh, crazy associations and <laughs> comparisons oh, that yeah. I throw in the technique drills. <laughs> for, for me personally, I like them because I'm very like a visual person, but like imaginary visual person. Mm -hmm. And when I think about movements, I kind of explain them to myself in the same way, like move like water, like feel this movement and all about the, how it feels and some metaphors around it so when you say stuff like that for me they I, I when I hear them I don't think oh this is strange I think more like okay okay this makes sense <laughs> I can I can get on this feeling now that's cool it, I think it was in the ballad intensive there was like um like a metaphor that we're like coming home from work and we're very tired and now we have to relax and I was like okay this is a feeling I can work with. This is a feeling I know. So I can like put it in my dance. And I think that week, the video that I had to shoot was like the best one because I was like trying to channel this feeling of, I really like the music, but I'm so like overworked, but at the same time it's playing. So I have to dance. <laughs> ah, that's so cool. Uh, speaking about dance in general, how do you feel? What belly dance brings to your life why do you belly dance i've wondered that many times in my life and the answer that i came up with is that when i'm dancing and specifically belly dance or tribal fusion fusion belly dance it gives me the freedom to express a lot of emotions that i may be feeling in this moment or in the past, I may be feeling it gives me the storytelling like techniques with the body to tell mm -hmm. a story and to convey something to the audience. That's why when I became a performer, I and got on the stage for the first performances I had. I felt really happy because I was like, oh, I'm giving an emotion to the, to the audience. Like when I'm happy, they are happy. And it's like a very amazing mix of emotions that if the audience is right and the performer is right, it can become something, a really beautiful thing. And of course, many dance styles can give you that, but I think belly dance especially has a really unique connection to the audience. Like the belly dancer has a really connect, a unique connection to the audience. And just the feeling of dancing, belly dancing on stage is, I don't know, I something very unique and i i'm continuously falling in love with it i don't know <laughs> mm -hmm. ah, that's so cool and what is your current focus or current goal or maybe dance dream that you are trying to uh to reach to <laughs> except well, of being perfect <laughs> yeah and, and except of like uh, doing very nice work on mofu around the stage like this mm -hmm. the technique that i'm working on is like moving around the stage because that's my really weak spot 
the more like bigger goal is to work on my connection to the music and my ability to convey the emotions I want because sometimes I'm like in my head thinking oh this is so raw and emotional and then I watch the video and it's not at all and something else was happening physically then mentally and I'm trying to work on conveying clear emotions and with better technique of course Mm, I see yeah that's uh some of the struggles that all of us like some of the goals and focuses that we're all working on but it's very cool like i also really like how you are very clear with your focus something that you were telling before like you know like uh or you choose one thing or one or two things and you focus on them and uh, uh, that showed in your practice and even now like i asked you a question it was like you know like not something general like oh i want to become a world-known ballad and star because this is very it's specific but it's very general at the same time you know like what what exactly does it mean like and then you're putting it like oh this is my focus right now how i can get better and one step closer to whatever you define as perfect and it's really cool it's really cool (laughs) oh thank you well i wish you your uh all your dreams uh, big and small whatever you however you define them come true and i'm absolutely sure with your dedicated work and uh, practice and so clear focus on it you will achieve whatever you want both in terms of your career in terms of your um dance technique and also in terms of all other activities including your website and your articles and definitely send me the link to where your articles are available right now so i will put here so for bulgarian audience they will have one more resource whoever will be watching or listening right now to our conversation they can go and check one more resource about belly dance available for them (laughs) thank you so much that's it for today guys but before you go away don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends and if you post it on social media please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast thanks for being with us and i'll see you next week same time same place